All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Right here on the ref. Is my connection okay? Has it been bouncing around at all? Or are we okay? Well, that's a great question. I guess I should be <laughs> manning the ones and twos and looking at that. Looks good right now. Okay. As long as I'm coming through. All right. I just sometimes what's coming back from you will sound computery. Oh, that's not good. But now it's good. Yeah. But uh, breaking down the fourth wall, as long as it's okay headed to you, then I'm fine with it. And if oh, that's yeah. the case, good. Um, I got Dylan Gabriel here. Gary's going to roll in any second. We haven't talked Tiger yet. We've got some air comfort solutions, texts we can hit. Joey Helmer coming up to talk spring ball next hour. You, you okay? Oh, perfect timing. I was going to say, are you okay if I play a couple Dylan Gabriel cuts here? Uh, which we can do as Gary Caven grabs his headset while he gets ready because I at least I at least wanted you to hear his perspective on now having a defensive-minded coach when he's always had an offensive-minded coach. I love that question because I was talking to my dad about it. It's just <clears throat> I think it's a different mindset, right? Like just even with Coach Venables talking about championship strain, you know, effort with technique, um, the physicality, right? It's just it's just different from a defensive-minded head coach. Um, on that part, you know, in the mentality. But on the second side, I just love situational ball. You know, he's always thinking about situations, putting yourself in those situations. Um, so on those two ends, I think that's the, the biggest difference. Pretty cool. Pretty cool day yesterday to meet and hear from Dylan Gabriel. we got more from him coming up here in just a bit. Uh, but we kick off the 10 o'clock hour with our man Gary Cabins from out here at Cabins Construction. How are you? Doing good, doing good. How are you, Chris? Good, man. It's always good to be here. It's good to be here now. We're on a regular schedule. It's back-to-back weeks. That's right. And I was the dummy that wore a T-shirt, yes. Hey. It, it okay. wasn't that cold whenever I first stepped out of my house, and then I quickly realized I've made a grave mistake. The good news is I've got like 87 hoodies in my car to take care of me. <laughs> that wild weather, man, how challenging is that for you and your cruise? Oh, man, it's always challenging. We have to keep an eye on it on a daily basis to make sure that, you know, we're ahead of the game. We're – um. So we're in a cold spell. We're in winter for a little bit today. But can you – let's just talk roofs here right off the top. Okay. The challenge is of if you've had an older roof, of the constant change in weather. It's it's tough, isn't it? You need to you need to always be evaluating where you are on that front of your home, right? Yeah, especially, you know, this time of year. It's spring. Spring brings spring rains. Right. And, you know, with spring rains come spring leaks if you aren't proactive. You know, a lot of people have new roofs from last last year. Um, a lot of people are waiting till after this hailstorm before they replace their roof from last year. Um, and you know, it's just good to be proactive and and have you if you haven't had your roof inspected from last year, have it inspected, have it looked at. Give us a call 405-573-3048 for the Norman area, Oklahoma City area. Um, and, and also call us from the Tulsa area, too, and we can come out there, we can inspect it, we can see what needs to be done, if anything, or we'll give you a thumbs up and say, hey, you're great for the for the season. Um, you know, if any, you have any problems, give us a call. But, you know, it's just good to have a peace of mind because your home is your biggest investment, and you don't want water spots, you don't want drywall falling on you while you're sleeping, you know. You, you, you want to make sure that the roof is in good shape and it's taken care of because it's the most important part of your home your business or you know either way you just you have to make sure that your roof is taken care of and inspected i think that roofs should be inspected yearly i agree 
I'm a little bit biased. Hey, you, roofer, <laughs> but you know, um, personally, if I on my personal house, even if I wasn't a roofer, it would be inspected yearly just because it's that's protecting your biggest investment that you have. You know, I think one thing we don't do enough is tell people about some of the projects that you've done. So when you're driving around town and maybe you're thinking about a renovation, maybe you're thinking about uh, a new build, I, there's exa- the Wesley over on campus is one that I drive by every single day. You guys re I don't want to say redid it because I don't think that's proper. We English, remodeled it, but you completely remodeled that bad mm-hmm. boy. We gutted it and we're totally remodeled it. It's a different, you know, it's a totally different upgraded space now. Um, it was an outstanding project that we truly enjoyed doing, and you know, the front of the building's totally different. The interior of the building is totally different, and it's just you know, it's way more modern now. And it was brought up, and it was a, it was just a great project to work with the Wesley board, and um, you know, and and Josh over there, and and Daniel before that. I mean, it was just a, it was just a great experience that project, and I just I love that project because you're right, it's just right there on the corner. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's the first thing you see when you're driving down Lindsay, um, I, Walden's. Uh, I always say Walden's. Tony Walden, Walden Cleaners. Um, they're on flood, completely gone. And I drive by it every single – and you guys, by the way, just to let you know, they're really good at dem, uh, demolition too. You guys took that down. I drive by it every day, and you're like, something used to be there? Because you did such a good job of it. It looks smooth over there. Yeah, it's gone, and, uh, you know, we just tore it out and <laughs> moved on. And, you know, we remodeled a few years back the, the main store, uh, the, the showroom area, and – we really enjoyed that. I love working with Tony and his team. Tony just does an outstanding job over there at Walden's Cleaners here in Norman. He really does. And, you know, he's kind of like, um, he's just a, he's a great guy. Wait, I, I love working with okay, him. Okay, I saw one on the website that you and I haven't talked about yet. Over on Campus Corner. Are you working on Hertz, too? It's on the website? All right, I won't say Yes. That. Yes, we are. We're okay. working with Chris. I, I, his I, name is Chris, too. Oh, is it? Okay. And, uh, well, I'm Chris, Big Hertz Donut Skies. That's why I brought okay, it up. Well, it's coming back. It's bigger Good. and badder than before. Really? Chris is an awesome guy. He is an outstanding guy. Love that dude. He is uh, from Tulsa. He run, he runs all the Hertz Donuts in Tulsa. Oh, wow. And um, he got the opportunity to purchase this franchise this, uh, this last year, and so he purchased it, and he's been kind of just fine-tuning it. Um, he does some of the work himself, and then he hires us to do some <laughs> of the work. And, uh, oh, that's cool. We, we've done all the electrical, the plumbing. Um, a lot, we did all the demo. We've done all a lot of uh, acoustical ceilings, so just a lot of work in there. But he is an outstanding guy. And that will be a outstanding Hertz Donuts when he's done. Cool. He has turned it around. It is modern. It, it you know it doesn't look like it's the 1990s grunge uh, donut <laughs> I like shop it. anymore. Made me feel nostalgic <laughs> being someone who was in college in the 90s. But I can compl- I'm yeah. pumped about it. Well, you know my favorite thing about Campus Corner was always the the donut shop on the corner where Louis uh-huh. is now. Right. Where, do you that, that, I, that was a little bit time? before I got down here. Oh, I mean, that was when I was in high school. Here in Norman, and you know, I love that place. First, so when we lived on Lahoma, that was where we would always go. That was the treat, right? And it, sometimes we would walk down there. I mean, because it was within walking distance. But you'd go there, you'd sit, you'd have the vibe, the ambiance. They always had great staff. Everyone like was super happy to work there. Uh, but yeah, I miss it. Well, that's cool. I didn't yeah. know you guys are. No, that's an outstanding project. We're we're we love to be a part of those campus corner projects. We you know that we've been there for kind of a campus corner staple for construction for 
12 years now. Um, and, you know, we just really enjoy working out there and working with uh, everybody. Um, you know, Devin with Pinkberry, he's, yeah. you know, he was outstanding. He came and, on with us. He was so good. Yeah, and I, I actually had lunch with him the other day. Flew in from California, and we had lunch and kind of talked about things. Okay, th- there's a great angle off this. You also are going to be there. It's not like built this later, peace out. You're there if, if they have questions, and you're always – You've, you've got that mind constantly working if it's renovations or the next step in that construction too, right? Yeah, we do. And that's kind of the great part about us that, you know, it, it's hard for people to really understand what they do. They're like, Cavens, well, they do everything. <laughs> but we do. We, you know, we do small remodel projects and we, we used to do gigantic remodel projects. We've kind of gone away from that because we're focusing more now on maintenance. So gotcha. we come in, do remodels, you know, upgrade your business, do that. But then we'll also maintain your business. You know, we have three different brands. Uh, bank brands that we work with in this market. We have grocery store brands that we work with in this market. Um, and, and and that was a, the big thing for us when we went to Tulsa. It made a lot of sense because we had a lot of brands that we worked with here that needed us up there. So we went there. And uh, so we're, you know, we were really excited about that. We love working in Tulsa. They're great to work with. Everybody's been outstanding. Um, And, you know, we just want to continue that road. But, you know, if you have roofing issues, you have environmental mold, um, carpet cleaning, air duct cleaning, um, you know, water extraction. You want to get rid of trash? You've got the roll-offs. You know, remodeling, um, you know, and maintenance. Maintenance is our big thing. Anything for your business maintenance-wise, door issues, flooring issues, water fountain issues, bathroom issues, ceiling issues, just millwork issues, putting furniture together, you know, you know, we do all that. And we've got a great another project coming up that we're working with OSC on here in Norman, Orthospedic oh, cool. Sports Medicine. Uh, we've got a new OK Runner that's going in in their MRI building here in the near future. Oh, the wow. plans have been approved by the city, and that one's getting ready to roll out. So that's an exciting one coming up, too. You're busy. I took up too much of your time. Thanks, Gary. We appreciate Thank it, buddy. You. You're awesome. It's Gary Cavins, CavinsConstruction.com. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. I got more Dylan Gabriel to get to. We'll dive into some of the Mike Gundy thoughts of the future of conferences in college football as well next. Plank Show, live from Cavens, right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Stick around. We don't have it. I'm very worried right now, Josh Helmer, as we welcome you back to the Plank Show. We're on the Ref. Thanks to Gary Cavens. So I got Dylan Gabriel. Got a lot of cuts from Dylan coming up here in just a bit. We'll kind of go through it all. Um, there was a lot of the, hey, what's the adjustment been like to, to Oklahoma? Kind of a little different setting for him outside of Orlando and growing up in Hawaii. But we'll get to that coming up in a bit. And, and more, I've got tons here from Kale Gundy. But we um, we don't have an update from the, the McLean County story on, on Tuesday, do we? My county, McLean County, where... McLean County Sheriff said that human smuggling appears to be the case at hand after 50 people believed to be undocumented immigrants were seen fleeing a broken-down semi-truck trailer on Monday night. So we have no updates on this, correct? Because I haven't seen any. (laughs) No updates that I can report. Oh, boy. Uh, This is the greatest quote maybe in the history of a news story that I've seen in a while. (laughs) Yeah. The sheriff's office said they have seven people detained right now. So seven out of 50, not a good percentage, but still probably gets you about a $2.5 million contract in baseball. 
They interviewed each of them Tuesday morning and found out they are undocumented from Guatemala. Uh, a reporter asked McLean County Under Sheriff James Goins, has this happened before, right? I was like, are people getting out of the back of, of, of diesels? Quote, not to my knowledge, not in McLean County. I'm like, hell no, not McLean County. Let's go. Tell them, baby. But unfortunately, then there was this. Uh, It's kind of hectic right now because at this point, there's multiple agencies involved in this. The semi-truck that had drinks and blankets inside is now impounded by the McLean County Sheriff's Office. Oh, gosh. Can you imagine being someone that was driving by? And you see this diesel broken down on the side of the road, and all of a sudden there's just people running out of the back of it. Oh, my gosh. That would be a little anyway, frightening. I hope everyone's A little safe. jarring. Um, and, and, you know, I hadn't, gone to a, I hadn't gone to a news website in a minute, Josh. So whenever I checked out KFOR.com, I also got this little doozy that popped up. Deer Creek students walk out over graduation concerns. Huh. Um, I, the story is gut wrenching, and as somebody whose son is graduating this year, um, our graduation hasn't even been set yet for Booker T. Let's go Booker T. But um, this story, this is a have, this is a terrible story. Um, but apparently Edmond resident Michelle Watson had lost her son Cole in a car crash, wanted to remember him at the Deer Creek high school upcoming graduation, she reached out to administrators to ask for a chair at the ceremony that would bear his name and a moment of silence. Um, In a social media post, she said in return, she was told by the principal that, quote, only seats for students who will be present. I was like, oh, my gosh. And at least three other students have passed during the 21-22 school year at Deer Creek. That's terrible so anyway wild story out of out of deer creek apparently there's been some updates to it they uh they walked out in protest yesterday so kudos to the deer creek high school seniors come on man i know there's a lot of educators that listen because you all got mad at me whenever what did i say how tough is virtual learning you turn on the uh computer boom you go (laughs) yeah that was not a popular thought (laughs) And by the way, everyone got on me like, hey, listen, uh, it's my brother-in-law's a teacher. My sister's a teacher. My grandpa was a teacher. I'm, I'm gigging him a little bit, but I can understand where you got sensitive and sarcasm sometimes is tough, but I digress. And all of us want what our kids out of our house and for you to take care of them. But, yeah, you got you to gotta be a little bit more broad vision than that. So at 1022 on the Plank Show, we are currently looking for uh, – about 40 people that are missing out of a out of a diesel that just happened to have people pouring out of the back of it somewhere around the Wayne Payne exit. All right, um, Josh Helmer, anything on the Air Comfort Solutions text line you want to hit before we get to the rest or a little bit more of this Dylan Gabriel? Yeah, we've got a, a ton here that I think is all good that we can hit. Somebody said this is the – Air Comfort Solutions text line, by the way, 405-651-3439. You can hit us up as well. This texter says, I was listening to the Legacy Series Plank did on the national championship team. Oh, wow. JT Thatcher said a mouthful 
about preparation. How about that little blast from the past? Oh, my gosh. Who sent that? Let's was that our guy at the 405? Like, Y'all, we got to start giving you names. We're getting a lot of really good texters. And I and don't know, you just do, do you want to give them numbers? Help. <laughs> TF number 147, we can pay homage to Dave Garrett. But, no, I'm, I'm not kidding. Guys, just start naming yourself. Remember how Costanza gave himself a name and he was T-Bone? Now, and TJ knows, this is where I suck. Like, when I fill in for Ben Maller, I suck because everyone has their little names and their little, and I always call them by whatever their screen name is. I'm like, oh, some guy named Randall so-and-so. He goes, oh, that's Deadhead Trucker in Seattle. I'm like, I, I don't, I'm just Deadhead You like Costanza. In Seattle? I don't know. I just say, I, I don't know people's names. I just know what they have on their Twitter profile. Uh, I don't, I'm not TJ. I don't know your name. You can give yourself a second persona for this show. Great point, Josh Elmer. In fact, for tomorrow's program, you want to dig that up a little bit? I'll do it. I know exactly what he's talking about. In fact, if we didn't have so much today, I might dig it back up. Hold on to that text message for tomorrow. JT Thatcher, as the kids would say, went off. In fact, uh, full disclosure, um, I did the JT Thatcher interview while I was driving on the turnpike. Oh, really? I was driving on the yeah. I was driving on the turnpike from Oklahoma City to Tulsa, and. He called me, and I, I had to record it. He was a busy man. I'm like, can you give me two minutes, and I'll call you right back. So literally, Josh, I pull over. I've got to go dig my Zoom out of the back and, and plug everything in like I can and talk to him while I was driving. There was a part of me, I just I feel like honesty is key here, where I really, truly wondered, is that, is that something I should keep in this podcast? Is it? Is it taking away from the full story? Because I not only, I'm sorry, someone got mad when I said I the other day. We not only, uh, we not only looked at it and released the edited versions, right, with all the sound effects and stuff, but I then realized, now this is pretty awesome stuff from all of these guys, and I released the whole tapes. So I assume that's where he found that JT Thatcher cut. Dude, it's... It's really good. That's a good For those of you that are living in the mindset of, hey, we weren't prepared or we didn't look like this kind of team or, or we were prima donnas, whatever it is that you want to say about teams of the past, Josh Helmer, J.T. Thatcher gives you every reason to believe it. J.T. Thatcher, really the football snatcher. forgot about that one all right uh let's get one more in here real quick before you have this Dylan gabriel stuff any other text message that really caught your eye yeah and we've got so many we could hit so we can continue doing that as we Go progress ahead. throughout the morning but i thought this one was pretty good uh, this texter says to me I, I, i'm gonna rifle through two real quick and you can just bounce off of both to me okay. that's more of a shot at lincoln than the other saying that the program is headed in a better direction and then this texter says, that's a great point that Dylan Gabriel made. A defensive mind can prepare a quarterback for tough attacks he may face. Oklahoma quarterbacks have been stymied, caught off guard by of relentless defenses in the past. Okay. Um, of course, the one time whenever my feed completely craps out is when you're reading both of those. Um, but So the point on the first one was, 
where the program is now could be viewed as more of a shot than anything he said as far as Levy offensively, right? Right. And the I'm understanding comparison okay. offensively between what you know how Lincoln arrived in Norman versus Levy. That's less of a shot than just Kale Gundy getting up there and saying, "I don't think the program's been headed in a better direction no. in a long, long time." Huh. Um. Again, I'm trying not to get too caught up. In, in a lot of this continuing to compare. I, I think, in fact, if you go back two weeks ago when the avails started, I think you and I had a pretty in-depth segment on not everything has to be about where we were before. Not every take has to be something that's crushing Lincoln Riley, right? You can say things about where you are, and two things can be true. And both of these things can be true, I should say. One, you felt like Lincoln Riley did a good job, and um, he's moving on, and I'm fine with that. But he was a really good coach and a really good offensive mind. And then you can also say, Jeff Levy is really, really impressive, and I'm digging what I'm seeing from him. You can believe that Lincoln Riley – had the program on a good trajectory, but also then say without it being a shot at Lincoln Riley, hey, I feel like we're we're leveling up here in a way that's that's taking care of things off the field. I don't know. Oh gosh, I don't want anything to come across as being a Lincoln apologist, but I don't know if we truly know Josh what he's doing differently at USC. Right? All these things that we hear about. Well, when when Lincoln left, he. Some people suggest they don't want to be in the SEC, didn't think Oklahoma would commit this, that, whatever. And Oklahoma's kind of given a middle finger to that whole mindset with the investment that's been there since Brent Venables took over. But I don't know if when he got to USC, he looked at things and said, I got to do this different. We need to add this. I need, I need more here. So I don't know how things have changed. I just know what I saw when I was here. And it's okay and it doesn't have to be destruction of him to say that you're in a better, that you feel like the program is in a great place. Right? I mean, it, it, it's okay. It doesn't all have to be a shot at someone, even though everyone wants to fight about it, and that's fine. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, naturally, anytime there's a coaching transition, a head coaching transition, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, softball, pick your sport, there's going to be natural comparisons mm-hmm. between the new head coach, and the old head coach. And (laughs) that's in any situation, not just a situation right here, right now, where there's some serious bad feelings that got left behind with the way the transition unfolded. It's natural to have those comparisons, but just saying that you love what Brent Venables is doing and that he has a great vision for the future and that he's made terrific hires and that he's got a plan for how he wants to recruit and the types of players that he wants to recruit and just a holistic vision for everything for Oklahoma football and that he's prepared for the moment. And and who's – for a while, for for a long time. Sorry, I mean, stop on you. My my feet is terrible right now. Um, Let let me pose one more thought then, just off that texter. All right, just off that text. And, And I think it's a really interesting perspective. I'm not trying to say you're wrong, I'm right, or anything of that nature. Um, who's to say that maybe Kale Gundy, I'm sure in his mind has put together what he thinks a program should look like 
and would look like if he ever got a head coach's job when he gets a head coach's job. I think Kale's going to be a head coach. Kale's still young. I mean, some people try to act like Kale Gundy is like some 65-year-old guy on the back 18 of his career. He's not. Dude's not even 50. Um, and if he was, he, he like just turned 50, right? So I'm – I'm of the opinion that I think that maybe something played out. Hold on, I'll make sure I get Kale's age right. Yeah, he's 49 years old. 49. Um, he's young in a lot of ways in the coaching world. So who's to say that maybe Kale didn't have some things that he thought might need to be done? And, and even, hey, what if we had a, a group where they could work on the the off-the-field guy a little bit more than just, say, the pros department or, say, the – academics department what if what if we truly had and who's to say that maybe for the longest time it's now nah, you know we've got this with with pros and with whatever it might be and and maybe it was an idea i'm just vamping here a bit josh but maybe it was something that kale always looked at and thought this program needed and to say no to it isn't necessarily a bad thing maybe it was money maybe it was the amount of time but i'm just vamping here Maybe it was something that now Kale sees it and realizes this is a major step because this is something I always wanted. I don't know, but I just think it's kind of fascinating how quickly people want to say it's a shot. Well, how do you not know as a coach that didn't come in and implemented a vision that even a Kale Gundy would have had for what he wants his program to look like? Not everything has to be a, a dig or a needle, I guess, is is the best way for me to put it, Josh. Yeah, I mean, it could just be excitement about what Brent Venables and what Oklahoma is doing and no. what that future looks like for Kale Gundy here at OU. And, look, it's it's just going to be natural. It's just going to be natural that you're going to compare how things went with Lincoln Riley and how things are starting right now with Brent Venables and whatever that future looks like. They're, they're the two head coaches at the University of Oklahoma. There's going to be comparisons. There were comparisons to Lincoln Riley to Bob Stoops. That's just how how the game goes. Yeah. All right. Uh, When we come back, let's get this Dylan Gabriel stuff. Good stuff off the text line. Josh will keep rolling through them. We'll hit the best coming up um, after we talk to Joey Helmer at 11 a.m. We still owe you the top five stories of the day. I've mentioned eight bazillion stories today because we are inundated with sports topics, news, Bruce Arians retires last night, stepping down as the Bucks head coach. You've got nonstop news, it seems, in Diamond Sports. We'll hit it all with a focus, though, on Dylan Gabriel next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Hey, you mentioned something earlier in the show that maybe I need to – and I, this might have been off the air, but we got a chance for a big-time guest this weekend in the Gimme Zone? <laughs> we do, Yes. We do, we do. Hey, it's we're one week do out. Do we not want to jinx Masters. it? Or, or, uh, all right, okay. I won't jinx it. I won't say anything. But a monster potential guest because I can't help every single time I see an update to get fired up about the possibility of Tiger Woods playing in the Masters next week. Fired up, man. You know, now it's to that point where if he doesn't, I'm going to be disappointed. Oh, me too. <laughs> What do you mean he couldn't play? What do you mean he couldn't play le- uh, just barely over a year after putting his leg on completely backwards? Come on, Tiger. I'm, I'm trying to. Te- I'm texting my Tiger Woods group text here to figure out where everyone feels. Yeah, everyone's fired up, dude. I'm right there with him. But we'll have more time to talk about that. Maybe 
We haven't. Maybe we need to get Alan on from over the trails. We haven't talked to Alan in a while. Kind of get his perspective on it tomorrow. Maybe go out and bug Tyler. Look, I'm trying to get us at the golf course again, Josh. That's just. I haven't been to the golf course in so so long. I just. I want to go. I want to go to the golf course. I want to go. Tiger Woods. We'll see if he plays coming up next weekend. All right. You, you want to hit some Dylan Gabriel here before we make anyone mad at us delaying it any longer? Yes, please. Let's hear from DG the brand. Uh, first question was, hey, about your teammates and kind of, you know, how it's coming along and kind of the, the, the pace in which things are rolling. Honestly, I, I kind of let them, you know, say what they say. But for the most part, I'm just being me. And uh, being me and being myself is, you know, been the strongest thing for me. Um, you know, I, I am who I am every single day. And um, I guess from my side, it's been easy to connect with a lot of those guys. So, you know, likewise, them saying the same thing about me, I'm saying the same thing about them because, you know, they welcomed me with open arms and um, just super grateful to, to be with them. So, What's important to you about leadership? What's important about leadership? Biggest thing I think is, you know, obviously proving it from the start. So, you know, when I first got in here, proving it through uh, winter workouts. And then second, you know, being vocal and taking charge. Um, I, and I think I've done a really good job of it, but continue to do so and, and continue to gain trust, continuity through, throughout everything. So, he was asked about the transition um, and kind of comparing it to whenever he was coming in and asking about some of the, you know, decisions to come in at semester or not. You know, back at, back at UCF, I think it was a bit easier uh, of a transition just because they had a year under their belt with it. And, you know, I was coming in. And, you know, from a quarterback perspective, you're pushing it, but, you know, the guys lining up helps you push it as well. So here it's it's been a transition, but at the same time, um, they've been really good at it. Um, it's adjustment as anything, right? Um, but from what I've seen through five practices, man, they've, they've been pushing it well. Um, O-line starting to understand it and uh, kind of get, you know, the gist of it when, you know, ball placement, where to get and how to get your eyes back, you know, for the receivers. Uh- I completely and totally misintroduced that cut. I completely mislabeled that. Strike one on me. And that was Dylan Gabriel talking about uh, the implementation of the offense now and kind of what he's seen in the in the timing and, and in getting used to his receivers. Now, um, I liked this. I love this question. This was pretty quick off the top, too. And it was about tempo. I do. I think, uh, you know, you got to utilize it to your – you know, advantage and, you know, that's our edge. Um, but I feel like um, just playing in it, you know, you can take advantage of a lot of opportunities of them not being set. And then likewise, um, just being able to push it on them, you know, as you start to, you know, get into dr- uh, long play drives, you can definitely see, you know, defense just start to get a lot more tired, a lot more, you know, draggy, but that's where you take advantage. That's where you smell blood in the water and you, you know, continue to push. So I remember last year we had a, we had a great it, it was I remember it distinctly. We were going into the Kansas game, Josh, and there was a lot of debate about why why don't we play we need to play with tempo again. This needs to be the tempo office offense it was last year at this point and I'll never forget Gabe Eichard pointing out this has never been an up tempo offense. Never has been under Lincoln Riley. It it has that element, and it seems to work when you use it. But for the most part, 
Lincoln Riley wasn't running an up-tempo offense. This, based on what I've seen from UCF, based on um, what I've watched of Ole Miss last year, Josh, this is an offense that they're going to get to that gas pedal pretty fast. And when you have a guy that has been in those battles with Jeff Levy and has kind of maybe gone back and forth with terminology over the last couple of years, I find that to be incredibly fascinating. And I also wonder, with a defensive-minded head coach, because, right, who did – who's who's Levy learned under? All offensive coaches, right, from his, his father-in-law, Baylor, to Josh, for, to hype a bit at UCF, to Lane Kiffin. I wonder if that's anything that gets adjusted, right? You always see offensive coordinators and, and play callers defensively and offensively make adjustments. I wonder what that adjustment is going to look like to the Jeff Levy offense this year, if at all. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see the tempo for Oklahoma. You know, what type yeah. of warp speed are they going to be operating at? How do you how do you juggle that? How do you balance it? Do do you speed up in some spots? Do you stay sped up? Or, or you know, I would think late in the game, protecting a lead, you, you kind of put on the brakes a little bit and get into work the clock mode. Some right? I mean, I think you you kind of have to yeah, be no, no, balanced to some degree. Um, I, I got one. Is this? Are you guys thinking this? Is this okay to keep playing this? I'm entranced. I can't. I thought he sounded amazing. I thought everything he said was great. It fired me up. If you're asking me, you've got the the definite sign off from me. I'd love to hear more from okay. Dylan Gabriel. I guess I can't ask the Royal U because I don't have a live audience here. But I I will assume that everyone is in. All right, couple more here. He's ta- asked about the the, the transition. Oops, sorry. My gosh, I'd almost had a technical glitch free morning so far. Uh, the transition. It has been. Um, it's weird to say that because, you know, going in, I knew that was the biggest biggest thing is being able to, you know, take over a group and, and continue to lead them and, you know, build the trust. You know, that was something that was really big, you know, on my part. But how easy it's been, how pure it's been, how genuine it's been, man, I, I can't thank them enough. And then also just the continuity. Man, you can't fake it. It's just real and it's something that – We've worked hard at, but most of all, it's just the respect we have for each other, you know, on and off the field. Now, that's a that's a really good quote, man. There's a lot of really good quotes that came out of yesterday, and I know the the spot of fake quote made the rounds quite a bit. But when you have a guy that's basically saying, "Hey, you know, it's what we're building. It's genuine because you can't fake it." And what what do you use? It's easy, pure, genuine. I thought those were three really cool adjectives to kind of describe how things are coming together with his you know adjustment from you know being a leader at UCF and then obviously having the injury to wanting to go somewhere else and then coming in here and being a leader right away I'm just looking at some of these plays per game numbers and thinking about what this could look like for Dylan Gabriel do you have any idea where Oklahoma ranked last season in plays per game? It was plays per game. It was a little bit lower than maybe I think even I would realize. This is, is via, it in the top 50? This is via TeamRankings.com, so assuming that TeamRankings.com okay. is correct. Ole Miss was number four nationally. Two? Okay, number four. So just, just what you would expect. Oklahoma State, surprisingly, was a top ten plays per game team. Huh. 
Oklahoma was 107th nationally at 66.8 and I don't think that was all OU remember other teams tried to take the air out of the ball on Oklahoma last season but isn't that just wild to see the discrepancy between what Jeff Lebby and Dylan Gabriel will want to accomplish this season versus kind of what OU has has been it's a great stat and I'm glad you gave that little disclaimer too because you know, there is the caveat that Oklahoma, they, they, they did have teams that kept the ball away from them. And there were moments when the defense was unable to get off the field. And the time of possession was skewed in some games to a degree that, I mean, was shocking. But there's so many things that then, I, I, I told you guys, there's so much going on right now. You have one media avail with either a coach or a player. And it brings up 8,000 other questions we hear from Dylan Gabriel talk about pace, talk about tempo. You get those numbers and all of a sudden you stop. You're like, well, this the first time that maybe I, I know Bob Stoops always talked about, he brought Mike Leach in because Mike Leach ran the kind of defense that he hated it or offense that he hated to defend. And so he made the decision when he got a head coach's job, that's the kind of offense he wanted to run. And obviously that's what Brent Venables has done with Jeff Levy. But you can't help but wonder, Josh, if there's some adjustments that will be made to and what those might look like. Because everyone adjusts. Everyone does. Always constant adjusting. Every best laid plan has a couple of tweaks or changes to it. All right, quick break. Boy, ESPN is, they're really building up the old Dickie V angle to this North Carolina Duke matchup in the Final Four, aren't they? I mean, I understand. Uh, listen, I'm glad Digby's healthy, but pretty wild. I hadn't even thought about it. Eric Church is canceling concerts. People are telling us it might be the biggest game in college basketball history. I guess it's starting to resonate with me that it's this Saturday night. Maybe we need to ratchet up the Final Four coverage here on the Plank Show. <sighs> Joey Helmer coming up after the top of the hour. Your text's next. This, it's weird to say, but it reminds me a lot of Hawaii in the term in terms of just small town but also just man it's just an easy way of living you know what i mean keep it simple um life is good you know growing up in hawaii the island's smaller than you think it's also bigger than you think but it's it's just super simple way of living and i love it here because of that you know what i mean there's no traffic for one (laughs) i love that and then two just man it's fun it's a small town but got a lot of great people to hang out with a lot of good eat you know foods places to eat at um and then just people helping me around shoot every single guy you know checking on me right when i got here um went out to eat with a bunch of dudes um but just quickly learned my surroundings by going out to eat so love it oh ah i too when i wake up in the morning dylan gabriel think of how this is very much like hawaii here in oklahoma (laughs) yes but I, you know what? Actually, though, I get what he's saying. You know, it, it, the small town mindset. Now, I can show him some traffic on, you know, I thirty five. Whenever he's trying to leave the game, you know, and you decide, hey, I'm just I gotta hit hit I thirty five south. So I'm gonna go ahead and head down Lindsay, and exit on I thirty five there. <laughs> I can show you some traffic there, dude. But I, I like what he's saying. I, I, I dig it. I. 
I know that there's never been a time where you're going to come away from any press conference and be like, Duh, that sucked. That player's terrible. Right there, I say that, the Kyler Murray interview, right, when he was on Dan Patrick. Whew. But <laughs> that was actually maybe one time when an interview didn't help. These settings, these interviews, I think, are they're really showcasing the personality of the team. And I like it. You know, we on Tuesday's show, we kept trying to get to Danny Stutzman. But even some of the Stutzman stuff I was listening to, it's great. It's great. Seems like a pretty, pretty grounded crew as they go out and try to compete for a conference championship and try to compete for a national championship and try to put Oklahoma in that same consistent conversation of titles that, you know, that they're there with getting to that spot. Now take that next step, get it there to winning and bringing home the national championship trophy. I dig it. I, I, I dig everything we've seen so far. Did you have one quick air comfort solutions text? We have time to fit in in our final minute. I, I do. Yes, it is on OU. You can't allow another team to dictate how many plays we run. That is from C-Mac. C-Mac, I, I, listen again. Like I said, if you want to take that holistic approach, right, then it is. It's, but then you're also pointing the finger at the defense in a lot of ways too. Hey, you're not going to dictate the amount of plays we run because you're not going to take the air out of the ball and not allow us to get it back. We're going to go get the ball back. Or when I'm on offense, you know, I'm not going to, you know, go three and out. Or I'm not going to put myself in a position where one promising play is wiped out by a penalty and then I'm behind the chains. I see what you're saying. But I do think that caveat needs to be added. I really do. And I'm, I'm glad Josh did. C-Mac, you're wanting to be mad at Josh Helmer today, not me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Direct I, your frustrations <laughs> toward me. At Josh on ref. Hey, Joey Helmer is coming up next right here, live from Cavens Construction with the Plank Show.